You're listening to the Arctic Circle podcast. In this episode, we listen to Morten Høglund, chair of the senior Arctic officials, speak on the vision of the Norwegian chairship of the Arctic Council. This event originally took place at the 2023 Arctic Circle Assembly. The speech is followed by a Q&A with the audience, moderated by Olavur Ragnar Grimsson, chairman of Arctic Circle and former president of Iceland. Good afternoon. It's a great pleasure for me to address you as chair of the senior Arctic officials for the Arctic Council. Congratulations to the Arctic Circle for the 10-year anniversary. I was here 10 years ago, and it's been an amazing journey for the Arctic Circle. And uh, thanks to all the efforts for Chairman Grimson in personally leading this platform for dialogue and knowledge sharing. A year ago, I attended this conference in a different capacity as senior Arctic official for Norway during the Russian chairmanship of the Arctic Council. The Arctic Council was then on pause. Some even declared the Arctic Council as dead. But I'm happy to stand before you today representing the Council that is very much alive. All Arctic states and indigenous permanent participants have reaffirmed their commitment to the Arctic Council as the premier forum for cooperation in the Arctic. In May this year, Norway took on the chairship of the Arctic Council. During the historic 13th meeting where this transition occurred, the Arctic states issued a a statement recognizing the historic and unique role of the Arctic Council for constructive cooperation, stability, and dialogue between people in the Arctic. The statement further acknowledges the commitment to work to safeguard and strengthen the Arctic Council. The fact that all Arctic states reach consensus on a statement with support from all permanent participants is remarkable given the current situation. It took a lot of hard work and constructive cooperation from all sides, and it demonstrates the seriousness of all of our commitment to the Arctic Council. The Norwegian chairship may be the most important chairship in the history of the Arctic Council. We don't ignore the hardships we face in circumpolar cooperation at the moment, but we can We cannot turn our heads to the climate crisis unfolding before us. We know the statistics, the Arctic is warming at least three times as fast as the rest of the planet. We need to address our common challenges of climate change, pollution of the seas, and increasing loss of biodiversity. We live in a time where we have to deal with multiple crises simultaneously. The Council has decades of successful cooperation and impactful work under its belt. It's also the only international forum where indigenous peoples sit at the same table with nation states. They participate at all levels of the Council's work and are engaged in numerous projects and initiatives in the working groups. They also take part in consultations and negotiations for declarations, 
the Arctic Council strategic plan, and other important guiding documents. The permanent participants are an integral part of the Council, ensuring the voices of Arctic indigenous peoples are heard when decisions and initiatives are discussed. Let's take a look at what the Council has achieved over the past 27 years and all the work and efforts that would be at risk if the Council ceased to exist. The Council was instrumental in bringing Arctic issues to a global arena. Just one example is the Arctic Climate Impact Assessment, published first in 2004. It was a landmark assessment and one of the world's first in-depth regional accounts of climate change impacts. It's also a fantastic example of how both Western science and indigenous knowledge can come together to inform a comprehensive and globally influential report, a feature that the Arctic Council is uniquely set up to facilitate. There have been many influential reports since then, but this is one that put the Arctic on many people's radar. Another accomplishment is the Council's contribution to the international treaties and conventions, such as the Stockholm Convention on Persistent Organic Pollutants, the Minamata Convention on Mercury, the International Maritime Organization's Polar Code, and others. These are good examples of how the Council's work not only has significance and influence in the Arctic, but also globally. The Arctic states have negotiated three legally binding agreements under the auspices of the Arctic Council. They aim at improving international cooperation on issues related to maritime search and rescue, marine oil pollution, and Arctic scientific cooperation, respectively. These agreements are important as they improve cooperation on topics of critical importance, especially as global interest in and pressure on the Arctic region has grown. But it's not only agreements and notable reports that make the Council a crucial forum. It's the everyday on-the-ground work that the Council's working groups conduct that address some of the most pressing issues affecting people living in the Arctic. This includes mental health initiatives, to pollution prevention pilot projects, community preparedness ahead of emergencies, to indigenous language revitalization, and so much more. These are all important achievements. But I don't want to just talk about the past, because the Council continues to be the most important forum for dealing with Arctic matters. And despite the pause in official meetings and given the current geopolitical context, the Council's recent achievements are significant and noteworthy. On 29th of August, the states reached consensus in consultation with the permanent participants on a first set of modalities for the resumption of work at the working group level. Working groups can now take decisions on the way forward for their work. They are also able to resume their collaboration with observers and external experts that provide vital contributions to the Council's project work. This is a critical step for the Council, and I'm encouraged to see this productive cooperation continue. Earlier this month, I met with all six Indigenous Permanent Participant Organizations in person in Girkonjarga Kirkenes to discuss the status of the Arctic Council and resumption of work at the working group level among other things. Multilateral people-to-people -people cooperation among indigenous people is integral to the, 
to the mandate of the Arctic Council. And I'm grateful to the, for the opportunity to continue to support this cooperation. In September, I attended a meeting with the Arctic Council Observer States, the so-called Warsaw Format Meeting Initiative, led by Poland to enhance dialogue between the senior Arctic official share, observer states, EU, and Arctic Council subsidiary bodies. The Council's knowledge production and development of recommendations for national management regimes and cooperative agreements is supported by a number of observers. We warmly welcome their engagement and contributions to the Council's work. In our shareship program, we have highlighted four topics. Firstly, Norway is an Arctic coastal state and a global maritime nation. We will use our shareship to strengthen cooperation on ocean research, ecosystem-based ocean management, combating marine litter, and on emergency preparedness at sea. This is important in view of the expanding ocean-related activities in the north and the risk of accidents that may harm life, health, and the environment, as well as coastal communities. Secondly, the focus on climate change is all important. The Arctic Council can continue to enhance knowledge about the Arctic climate and environment and improve the access to research data. The Council can continue to support international climate action, for example, by focusing particularly on black carbon and methane. We can strengthen cooperation on the, on the conservation of Arctic biodiversity, which is also highly affected by climate change. Thirdly, the priority area of sustainable economic development means that we will give particular attention to the blue economy, to sustainable shipping, and to Arctic food systems. The Arctic region is important in terms of its potential for green energy production and industry. This can give new impetus to local communities in the north, opening possibilities and perspectives for their youth. At the same time, new sources of economic growth must not be developed at the expense of indigenous peoples, cultures, and traditional livelihoods. The Arctic is our home. It is neither an icy, untouched wilderness nor a museum, but it must be managed wisely. This brings me to the fourth priority area, the people in the north. The Arctic Council already has projects on topics such as mental health and living conditions, and we want to enhance Arctic cooperation on health further, also in understanding the impact of climate change in this respect. But health and happiness is also a question of increasing the opportunities for young people in the north to influence and participate in issues that will affect their future. We want dynamic local communities with a lively culture and civic life, innovative, creative industries. In addition to these four priorities areas, two dimensions will transcend everything we do in the Council, youth and indigenous populations. No discussion about the future of the Arctic should be conducting, conducted without bearing in mind those who will inhabit our region in the future. Their voices must be heard and real impact must be made. The indigenous people of the Arctic on their part are permanent participants, and which ensures the full active participants of indigenous people in all of our work. Later today, for example, Norway as chair of the Arctic Council together with Grishin Council International will launch a wildland fire initiative. Wildland fires is put on the council's agenda 
as a challenge that requires greater circumpolar collaboration, knowledge sharing, and partnership. You are welcome to join us tonight at 8.15 for a reception where we will launch this new initiative and you can learn more about what this will entail. So I will conclude here and say that we will, from our side, do our best to keep the Arctic, Arctic Council working and productive because, as I said, the Arctic is our home. So, while we wait for a few questions from the audience, uh, let me ask you this. A year ago, I, I think there would be very few people who would have believed that you would be able to preserve the Arctic Council in the way you have. It's almost like a magician who came on the stage and all of a sudden pulled a rabbit out of your heart. I know it was a lot of work. But let me ask you, what, what was the single most important thing in being able to turn this around? Well, we were blessed with having a stable group of colleagues from um, um, all, the, all the states and the permanent participants with the same goal of making, this, making sure that this could continue, safeguarding it. Um, I think we, at least I had, uh, was having doubts if this could really, you know, happen as we wanted it to. Um, and um, from my part, it was about, you know, having a clear vision. I was, as I have not been hiding, I was, dis I was talking with Russia continuously, trying to get, you know, the message across and listening to them, being transparent with them as well. Um, so this common support was, and that we, we, we wanted to succeed, but I was, uh, only the day before the transition, I, I felt some kind of, okay, this will happen. Mm -hmm. So it was um, hard work for over a long time. Well, let's just have some questions from here. So are there, yes, here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Leif Lundsman from neighboring country Denmark. Uh, you are stressing, uh, and I honor that, uh, the need for cooperation, uh, inter or circumpolar cooperation, because we share the challenges. My question goes, um, will you govern the uh, Arctic Council as a real, true, a eight cooperational body with the physical participation of all eight member states? Um, it's, as my minister has also said, it's not business as usual. Um, we, we, we do not have, for instance, you know, meetings at political levels is out of the question and so on. And we are, we are not, we, we are operating uh, with different set of mechanisms. But what we do uh, at the moment, we do as eight um, so we, but we are not up to, you know, the, the speed which we was some years ago. So there, this is a gradual approach. 
So, uh, but of course the aim, and I'm chair of the council for eight <laughs> states, which we, we are seven, we are not seven, we are eight. So that has to be taken. But given the geopolitical situation and of course, what has happened and everything. So th there are also many practical difficulties in, in having cooperation between all eight, in addition to the political cooperation. So things are definitely not, I'm not trying to say that things are perfect or normal in a way, but um, we, we are a circumpolar body. So that, that is reflected in the way we look at things. So it's trying to figure out how we can make this work in this, what I say, new, new setting, um, which might be uh, longer than we want it to be. If I remember correctly, there is a, also a session which you are organizing on the Norwegian chairmanship. We are not organizing it, but yes, there, yes, there is. somebody else is organizing yes. a session about us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, thankful so you, for that. Yes, so you will have an opportunity also there to engage uh, in this dialogue. So since uh, we are getting <clears throat> strong signals here in terms of the time, I simply wanted to add, in addition to thanking you and congratulating you for the, your efforts, that it's very important for us to realize that in addition to preserving the Arctic Council in one way or another as a functioning reality, the Arctic Central Ocean Agreement, which was signed, I think, five years ago or so by the United States, Russia, China, European Union, your country, my country, and a few, Japan, Korea, and others, that has also been preserved. And Korea has taken on the role of hosting the so-called COP of the Central Arctic Ocean Agreement. We will also have a session on that. So I think the Arctic continues to demonstrate to the world that despite the challenges and the setbacks and the conflicts and the tensions and the wars, we are able to maintain these structures and these agreements if we have the, the initiative, uh, the originality and the courage uh, to keep on trying. And that's what you did. You kept on trying. A great example. Congratulations and thank you above all for having done that. And with those words, we conclude the first half of the opening session. The second half with a variety of fascinating topics will start in about 15 minutes. So while you perhaps stretch your legs, I hope you're all here in time for the second half of the opening session. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.